Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight, I had it in my heart just to talk to you about healing. You know, it's, it's something that we, we don't... I don't know, and we talk about the fact that, you know, healing belongs to us so much of the time, but we don't actually spend a lot of services on healing. You know, as pastors, you know, there's so many things to cover that sometimes you forget how long it's been since you touched on a particular subject. And so uh, tonight, I want to go back to it, and I want to talk to you about hindrances to healing. And, uh, you know, we, we, we all need to be, we talked about the word, on the importance of the word on Sunday. We're going to finish that up this coming Sunday. And uh, obviously, you know, if you're a word person, you know how important it is to be in the word. And what the word tells us belongs to us. And healing is one of the primary things that belongs to us. So, uh, you know, the, one of the things we're just going to go through, I've, I've got, oh, gracious, Several things here that we're going to talk about. Uh, some we'll just kind of just kind of get through real, real quickly because I believe that you know these things, but it's still good to be reminded of these things uh, because I'm expecting that you get into the Word for yourself and you find these things on your own. But we're going to just remind you. So uh, number one, one of the biggest hindrances to healing is that for people is that they don't know healing is available to them. They don't know that healing is part of the salvation package. They vote, there's this package called salvation that somebody's offered to them as a gift, saying this is a gift that God wants to give you. And they open it up, and what they see is just a ticket to heaven. Well, there's so much more in the package than just getting to heaven. God wants us to experience heaven on earth. He doesn't want us to wait till we get in this to the sweet by and by. But see, that's how, you know, man, there was, there was a ton of songs in, in my church when we were growing up. In the sweet by and by. You know, and it was just over in the glory land. It was all, it was, everything was over there. It wasn't for now. But see, God has provided such a package of benefits to us that he doesn't want us to leave any of them out. You know, when you go to work for somebody, you want to know what your benefits package is. Well, do I get time off? Do I get paid vacations? Do I get holidays? Do I get health care? Do I get dental care? Do I get 401K? Do I get this? Do I get that? Listen, God's got the best benefits package around. And he wants you to know about all of your benefits. That's what HR people are for. They're, they're there to tell you about all the benefits that belong to you as an employee of the company that you work for. Well, that's my job tonight is to make sure you know that part of your benefit package is healing. You know, don't let it just sit there. Use it. Know that it belongs to you. It's your right to access it, it's your right to expect it. Hallelujah. So it's available. It's, you know, the, the word salvation means healing, salvation, preservation, wholeness, safety, soundness. It includes healing. It, it includes financial prosperity. Your whole well-being, every part of your life, God wants you to be experiencing the very best in this, in this world. 
He wants us to know what it would have been like had Adam not sinned. He wants us to live in the fullness of it, complete healing, complete financial prosperity. He wants us to know what our life should be. Jesus came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Not just have life, but have it more abundantly. And healing is part of the more. So anyway, that's number one. So we won't spend any more time on that. Number two, the reason some people don't get healed is because they don't know that it is always, always, always God's will to heal you. Always. Do we walk in that? No. But it's always his will for you to be healed. Always. He's not withholding anything from you. Go with me over to Colossians 1.9. Hallelujah. You know, and these are such wonderful prayers that Paul prayed for the saints in these different areas. But you know, they are just as valid today for you and me, the church in High Springs, as they were for the church in Colossae. And he wrote in verse 9, he says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Rotterdam translation of that says, Have a personal knowledge of his will. His will, I can tell you now, is always to heal you always always now when the leper came to Jesus over in Matthew 8 he looked at Jesus and he said you can heal me if you want to that's basically what he said you could heal me if you want to and Jesus replied to him of course I want to you of course I want to he, he's, he's seen what the Father has. Of course I want to. I'm here to do the will of my Father. Of course I want to heal you. And see, God is saying that to you today. If you come to him with a need, a physical need, he will say to you, of course I want to heal you. I've already provided healing for you. It's already yours. It's already an accomplished feat in your life. It's a fact you just need to walk in. You know, there was no place... In the New Testament, where we see all the examples of all the places Jesus went, there are no places where he failed to heal people except one. Except one. Everywhere else, it either specifically or implies that he healed every single person that came to him. He didn't stop to ask them, well, have you been a good boy today? Have you, have you been kind to your wife today? Have you beat your kids today? You know, did you cheat on your, on, your, on your employer today for some reason? You know, he, he didn't ask of those questions. He didn't say, are you a child of God? Are you following me? Are you keeping the laws of Moses? Are you, are you the kind of, of person? He didn't even ask them if they were Jews. Anybody that came to him, he healed them all. You know, and, and when there's some of these places where you look and you see he laid his hands on them. Well, now, being the Son of God, don't you know that when he laid his hands on some of these people, he knew that they may not be the nicest people around? They may not be the most upstanding citizens of the, of the countryside, but he still healed them out of his compassion and his love and his wanting to, his un, unswerving 
desire to see the Father God manifest in their lives in this way. And so there's only one place. Go with me to Mark 6. This is the only place where Jesus did not heal them all. Let's just start in verse 1 here. It says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From where has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended with him. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And there he could do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. There's where the rubber meets the road as to why Jesus didn't heal these people. Number one, they were offended. And because they were offended, they had no basis for believing. You know, they looked at him as just an ordinary man. You know, and today, you know, as, as believers, you know, we have to be mindful of the fact that God's healing power works through us, that we are not the healer. We're just the agents who deliver the healing power into somebody else's life. When he said to go out and lay hands on the sick, he told that was our job. Our job is to I lay our hands on the sick, and it's his job to provide the healing. But see, these people, all they could see was Jesus, just a natural guy. Oh, we saw him grow up. We saw him when he was this little. We saw him as he grew into a man. He's just, he's just the guy next door. So who does he think he is? And because of that, they were offended with him. And because they were offended with him, they did not receive healing. They didn't obviously expect to have any healing in their lives. They were full of unbelief. And so there's the only reason right there that, that we see in the New Testament that Jesus did not heal everyone who came to him. In fact, it says in verse 5, he said, it says he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. I've got written in here that, that these people were of minor ailments. Just a few people with minor ailments. Listen, God will manifest his healing in your life to the same degree that you will believe him. If you can only believe him for the, something minor, okay. But if you'll believe him for everything, no matter how big it is, the Bible says it's, nothing is impossible to the man who believes. Nothing is impossible. And if nothing is impossible today. It wasn't impossible then. It's not impossible today. We don't have to beg God for healing. Healing belongs to us. It is our right. It's part of the inheritance that Jesus purchased with his own blood. It's part of that. He took the stripes upon his back for our healing. And it belongs to us because of that. We're not sinners saved by grace. 
People have to be reminded of that. We're not sinners saved by grace. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Children of the Most High God. That's who we are. Hallelujah. And uh, you can't afford to look at people who you know that didn't receive their healing. You don't know. You know, and that's the, that's the key thing. You know, I said on Sunday morning, you know, something about people who, you know, who don't receive healing, you know, that, that honestly, that the, where the rubber meets the road is because their faith wasn't up to it. And that sound, sounds kind of harsh, but it's not harsh. It's just reality. But you don't know what prevents somebody. You don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what their experience is. You don't know why they can't make contact with that. And so it's never right to judge somebody about why they didn't get their As a believer, they're in heaven. I mean, that is the ultimate victory. That wasn't the intent that God had because it's always his will for you to heal, be healed, and finish out your life here. You know, the Bible talks about with old that we'd be satisfied with life in our old age. You know, he wants us to live long and prosperous and fruitful lives and be satisfied. When it's time to go, say, let me out of here. I'm ready to go. Not go kicking and screaming through the door of death. And so so we we know it's God's will to hear. You know, people have said, well, this sickness is, is to give God glory. There is no glory in somebody being sick. The only glory God gets, and Jesus proved that when he, and when he healed the man on the stretcher, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, when he healed blind Bartimaeus, all of them gave glory to God because of the healing, not because of the sickness. God doesn't need to put sickness on anybody just for somebody to give him glory. That is our job as believers is to lift up the name of Jesus all the time, not wait till we get healed of something to finally decide to praise him. Because let me tell you, if you start praising him now, it's very likely that you won't have to go back and get healed or something because the enemy will be kept at bay because you're praising the one who is the healer. He intends really for his believers, the ultimate thing that he intends for us as believers is to walk in health without need of healing. But thank God when there is a need for healing, there is a provision already been made. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Accidents, tragedies, they're not from God. Not from God. Every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. Can, avoid, can tragedies be avoided? I believe that they can. I've seen where God has intervened in my life many times, and we avoided tragedy. I mean, I can, I can, I can point out two or three times where, where I should have been dead in a traffic accident or something. I mean, you know, the, when, I, when I totaled my car a few years ago, if that other car had hit me just a few, just a few inches further toward the, the, my door instead of right over the wheel, I could have been seriously injured or killed. That's just one. I mean, I can name many more. You know, even before we were in fellowship with the Lord, the devil tried to take us out because we were on a trip up in Georgia, and a, and a, a drunk man ran us off the road and down to a, into a steep ditch, and there's a big, huge railroad you know how they use railroad ties you know, to make railroad crossing signs? This railroad tie, the sign, broke off right at window level and was, and was trying to come into the car, but it didn't. You tell me God wasn't there. And we weren't serving God at the time. 
I just know he preserved our lives because he knew what our future was supposed to be. He knew where we were supposed to wind up and the devil was trying to take us out before we could ever even start on the journey to get there. You know, so there's many times, if you look at your life, I guarantee you, you can look at some things and said, just a little bit of difference, just a little bit of change in that situation. Oh, I wouldn't even be here today. Wouldn't even be here. So accidents, tragedies, they're avoidable. If I had listened the day I wrecked my car a few years ago, I, wouldn't, I would still have my Murano today. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I would have traded it. But, but I loved that car. And, and, and I knew I shouldn't have gone to town that day. And I was just, I was just in, a, in a gnarly mood. Everybody ever been in a gnarly mood and just decided I'm going to do what I want to do? Yeah, okay. I was in a gnarly kind of a mood that day. And, I'd, and I said, no, I'm going anyway. And this is exactly what happened. See, God's always in the business of trying to warn. Always. It was interesting when after that had happened, a, a few weeks later, a lady who doesn't even go to church here, she wrote me, she's a, she's a wonderful, sweet lady. She came for a little while here a number of years ago. But she wrote me a little note, and she said, um, I don't know if there's anything going on in your life, but I've been, I've been praying for you. I was just in the last couple of weeks, and I went, thank you, Jesus. So I wrote her back and told her what had happened. God spared my life that day. He preserved my life. Somebody was praying. Listen, be mindful when God brings somebody up to you. Oh, not just to say, oh, well, that's sweet. I haven't thought about them in a while. If he brings them up to you just out of the clear blue, you need to do something like pray. It doesn't have to be an hour of intercession. It could be just a few minutes of, now, Lord, I don't know if there's anything going on in their lives. I don't know if, if there's something that I need to be praying about, but I just pray your protection and your blessing upon them. Just pray a little simple prayer. That's all that's needed. But so many times tragedies are not avoided because people don't pray and because other people don't listen, like me. Knothead didn't listen. So don't be a knothead. Listen. You don't know what you might avoid. You know, and for me, that accident cost me my car. You know, it cost us money, you know, to get another one. All kinds of things. Listen, the enemy is out to destroy you every way he can. Not just your life, but your finances and everything else. So just remember that, that God is the God of preservation and protection. And he doesn't, he, he is not involved in that. I, you know, growing up, I mean, I, I've heard so many times people say about a wayward person who was not serving God. Well, I just said, now, Lord, you do whatever you have to do to get their attention. I'm going, no, do not do that. You're giving the devil an open door. Stop it. You know, because their idea is that if, if God brings them low enough, knocks them off, their pe- off the peg, knocks them off their, off their feet, you know, that, that somehow in the middle when they're down on the ground... And that somehow they'll look for God. Well, that might work, and then again, it might not. It has worked for a few people, thank the Lord. But there's a lot of people, it just pushed them further away. So, you know, just, just be available. You know, people come, you know, and say, well, you know, Job, Job, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Well, you know, everything in the Bible is inspired of God. Not everything truly represents God, but God put that in there for a reason. He, it was part of a narrative about how Job was in doubt and unbelief and in fear. But if you read the rest of the story, you see how God brought Job through it. 
Job said that. Yes, he did. But that doesn't mean that that's a, a doctrine you can take and build something on. It just means Job said that. That's what he said because he did not recognize that God would work in his life when he would trust him completely. Didn't Job say, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me? His fear opened, the, opened his life up to what the enemy did in his life. And he attributed that off the bat right at first to God. God was not in that. But God came back when Job finally turned that attitude around and God blessed him with twice as much as what he had when he started. So don't let somebody use those kind of things to say, oh, no, 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 God doesn't heal all the time. Yes, he does. It is always God's will to heal. Always. Number three, one of the hindrances to healing is that we're not prepared to receive healing. John 15, 7 says, well, let's go over there. You're close by. John 15, verse 7. It says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Listen, you have to get the word on the inside of you. That's, that's it. Some people aren't prepared to receive healing because they don't have the word on the inside of them. Over in Romans ten seventeen, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You find that in, in Luke, the 5th and 6th chapter, that people came to hear and to be healed. I noticed this, uh, this principle that Dad Hagen used in, in his services so many times. Was you can't get in the prayer line, and, and I think Brother Roberts did this thing, same thing, and some other people I know who are, who are used in the healing ministry have done the same thing. You had to get a card. You had to get a to get in the healing line. But the healing line did not take place until after you had sat under the word. People came to hear, hear the word, and then to be healed. Why? Because the entrance of the word prepared their hearts to receive the healing that would come. And see, so many times people just want, we live in such a fast pace and such an instant society that people even today are still like this, but people have always been like this. They want it, they want it now. You know, God's provisions, are, especially in healing, are not like some jack-in-the-box. Da-da-da-da-da-da, boom, you know, there it is. We don't just, we, we're in a microwaves, you know, kind of time. I, you know, I'm having a little bit of issue with the microwave where I'm currently living. And I'm thinking, no, I can't do without that microwave. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to do without that. So I'm going to have to do something about getting this little thing seen about. But we see we live in this. We want, we want everything. We want it instant now. Do you, remember, do you remember when computers first came out? You know, and you turn them on, and especially when AOL came out. And you had to you get in there, you, you know, that kind of, and we waited, and we waited, and waited for that thing to dial up and get, and get on. And now, if that internet doesn't come up just like that, we're, I mean, give it 10 seconds, we're like, what's the matter with this thing? How, yeah, uh-huh. Well, see, people look at healing that way sometimes. You know, why isn't it just now? Why well, don't have it now? We don't have it now. I don't want to wait. Listen, that's what, you need to get the word on the inside of you. You need to find out what belongs to you. You need to find out what is yours, what God has said about healing before you, you get to a place where you're ready to receive the healing that he intends for you to have. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 4 says he went about teaching, preaching, 
and healing. Teaching was his primary focus. Why? Because it's the word that will get you healed. It's the word that will keep you healed. Hallelujah. You know, faith is not just a blind leap, but it's an educated step. It's an educated step when you're educated with what the word has to say. You know that a shadow of doubt when, you, when you've got the word on the inside, when his words abide on the inside of you, there is no doubt, there's no room for doubt about what his part is in this, that healing belongs to you. Hallelujah. Um, now, there are some things that will hinder your ability to receive healing. See, that the issue with whether you're healed or not has nothing to do with God's end. It has everything to do with our end. It's our end that's the problem. You know, it's, it's up to us to make a connection with what God has already provided. Well, obviously, you know, one of the things that is a hindrance, and, and listen to me, it, God does not withhold healing or any kind of blessing from us based on our actions. He's not withholding us. It's like there is a barrier in between his blessings and us that keep that, that from coming through. You understand? It's a roadblock. There's a roadblock in between the flow of his power into our lives and us being able to get a hold of it. And so, obviously, there are some things that are going to hinder your ability to receive your healing. Obviously, that's sin. You know, people are in sin. You know, it's hard to get that, that healing through to them. And yet, God in his infinite love and mercy so many times will reach out and will heal somebody in spite of that. In spite, just to show them and, and just reinforce the fact that he loves them so much. You know, when the prodigal son was out there living a life of debauchery, his father still loved him. His father would have done anything for him. It didn't matter what he, was, what he was doing. His father wanted it. But his son was not in a place to receive his father's blessing. His son had removed himself to a place where his father could not influence him, where his father could not reach out and show him his love. And see, that's what sin does for, to us so many times, is it puts us in a place where where the blessing just can't, we're not where the blessing is. We're just not. Disobedience, listen, if God tells you to do a particular thing and you don't do it, there are consequences. The consequences are that, that, that he can't preserve me. I mean, when people, I mean, I, I'm thinking of a minister years ago who was a fantastic evangelist. I mean, he could preach he could preach an evangelistic sermon like you've never heard. I mean, he was wonderful. And and so he had some symptoms in his body and I know God was talking to him and he refused to listen and he died. Was that God's fault? No. He didn't obey. When God's talking to you about going to the doctor, obey. Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to look like I'm not in faith. Listen, if you go to a doctor, you better be in faith. You better be in faith that you found the right doctor, 
and they order the right thing, and they do the right thing, and they do it well. You know, I, I'm not so interested in a Christian doctor as I'm in, I am in a skilled doctor. I'm not going to you to get spiritual counsel. I'm going to you to get medical help. And I don't care if you're the biggest heathen around. If you're the best guy for my, what I've got going on, that's who I want. And, my, and my, my results can be a testimony to that guy. And I've seen that happen. You know, but I want the most good. Listen, I worked in a hospital back when I was in x-ray school. And there were some, there were some Christian doctors. One guy who was, who was a, a, a physician who was actually one of the, part of the leadership of Full Gospel Businessmen's Association there in Jacksonville. And this was in the, you know, the early uh, 80s. No, 70s. It was in the 70s. And uh, I know some of you don't even know what the 70s were. Okay, it's all right. Because um, you're just way too young to comprehend that there were 70s. But, I mean, this was a nice gentleman, but he was a lousy doctor. I would never have gone to him. Never. Never. And yet there was an orthopedic surgeon there in the same hospital that he was a character. Now, that's, saying, that's something saying nicely about him. He was a character. And everybody knew him. They knew what a pain in the neck he was to work with. But I'm telling you what, he was the most talented orthopedic surgeon on the staff. And if I had never needed him, he's one I'd have gone to. Yeah. And so keep that in mind. <laughs> when God tells you to do something, don't be just, ne- I need somebody who will pray with me. Listen, you don't need them to pray with you. They just need them to do their job. I mean, I appreciate a doctor, and most, most doctors will say they appreciate, you know, prayer. They appreciate the help. They know. And I even had one doctor one time. I was, I was with somebody at the hospital, and it was a serious surgery. And, he, and he's the one. I'm, of course, I was going to pray anyway. But he said, let's pray. So we prayed. And when he came out to talk to us afterwards, he said, now we prayed God for, you know, prayed you know, before we went to surgery. He said, oh, we need to pray now. Thank God that surgery went well. And I went, Hallelujah. Glory to God. But he also had the reputation of being a very good doctor. So anyway, uh, sin, disobedience, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will, will hinder God being able to work in your life. Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. You know, if you're going to be walking in unforgiveness toward other people, you better be careful that you're not leaving an open door for the enemy to come in and put something in your life that you really don't want to be there. Uh, James 5, 14 through 15. We won't go through because I'm going to run out of time before I get through here, it looks like. Anyway, it keeps you from receiving what belongs to you. But you know what? When you keep yourself in a place where your heart is pure before the Lord, where you have confidence that knowing that everything is right. Lord, I'm doing the best job I can. You know, anything you've talked to me about, I'm taking care of it. I'm I'm telling you what, you can have boldness to come into the throne room of God and say, Father, healing is what I need right now. And I thank you, healing is mine. You come in there with such a boldness that you take you take what belongs to you. You don't wait for somebody to offer it to you. You don't go, well, I don't know if it's healing. Yes, you know healing belongs to you. It's mine. I take it now. Amen. Hallelujah. Then there's the people who don't think they're worthy. They don't deserve to be healed. I hit, I hit something one time in anger, broke a toe. Somebody said to me, well, you should just pray for it. And I went, no, I deserve everything I got. Thankfully, my temper has calmed down since those days. But, but that was my feeling, was, no, I deserve everything I got. But you know what? God does not look at it that way. 
All I had to do was say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for losing my temper. I thank you, Lord, right now. Healing power is going into that toe. That's all it took. And that's all it should take for you. If you find yourself in a place where you need healing and, and there's something that's, that's not exactly right, deal with it. It doesn't take but just a second to deal with it, to have a change of heart, a change of attitude, and then just go on. Well, you know, the people who say, well, I don't deserve it, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are. Listen, we'll just go through these. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen generation. Ephesians 1.4 says, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. Colossians 1.2 said, he has made us meet, which means qualified to receive his blessings. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Amen. Luke 13.16, the lady who was bowed over, they looked at her and said, she, being a daughter of Abraham, is her right to be healed. Um, Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, he provided all these things for us. You know, we cannot ever let the enemy convince us that we don't deserve or that we're not worthy of all of God's best because we're worthy of every single thing God has done for us. He made us worthy. He qualified him. He himself qualified us. And his qualification is as good as it gets. Amen. Number, next one is fear. Fear will keep you from being able to receive your healing. Been there, done that. Don't like it. Fear is such an awful thing. And fear and faith do not coexist in the same room. And so if you, if you find yourself with a diagnosis of something that looks like, number, number one thing the enemy's going to try to jump on you with is fear. He will start painting you vivid pictures of the future you don't have. And you cannot afford to go down that road. You know, we've experienced that much too much. You can't ignore symptoms because you're afraid of what they might be. You know, just on a practical standpoint, that's not a really smart thing to do. If you think there's something wrong, by all means, go find out if there is something wrong. The sooner you find it, the easier it is to deal with. Certain things could be dealt with, have been dealt with so simply if, they had been, if you had just gone sooner to find out what it was. Instead of being in torment for months, and some people for years, about what I, I remember a lady who, who had a lump in her breast, and she knew it was there, and she knew it was there for probably six months to a year, and would not go to a doctor because she was afraid it was cancer. Hello? Yeah. If they had caught it sooner, they could have treated it. But as it was, you know, she wound up dying from that. Listen, don't do that. Make it easier on the doctors and on yourself. If you think, just listen right here. Lord, Lord, okay, I'm going to deal with the fear, number one. And then I'm going to hear, because you can't hear effectively when you're in fear. You have to deal with the fear. Once you deal with the fear, then you say, now, Lord, you've right here, you let me know right here my next step. Do I just, just having dealt with fear, that's all I need to do? Or is there more I need to do? And then do what he tells you to do. Do it. Hallelujah. There's too many people. Pastor is a good example of that. You know, when the Lord started dealing with him two years ago, gracious, almost three years ago, about getting a cardiac workup, he just thought, well, you know, it's because I have such a family history, you know, of all this kind of stuff. And so he proceeded to do what it took to get a cardiac workup done. 
And, you know, he, he, was, he was doing everything he can, but you know how the process is. You know, you go to the doctor, then you got to wait for this, you got to wait for that, they got to schedule this, they got to schedule that. And so, so he went off on that ski trip, not having had the test done that he needed to done because the doctor's office rescheduled him because they had a, had a staffing issue. And when he gets back, you know, he's, he's at the hospital hanging on by a thread that we just, didn't, we just didn't even realize. But see, he was doing his part, and God protected his life when the medical profession put him off. He kept his life protected until he could get home and get there and get it taken care of. Listen, just follow what God tells you to do. You may not understand why he's telling you to go do something, to go get something checked out. But there may be more going on than what you have any clue about. Go follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, number, the next one is, I don't have enough faith. That's another one of the hindrances people have. They say, I, well, I, I, just, don't, I just don't have enough faith. I, 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 just, I just can't believe God. I, I just, I, I, my faith is just isn't that strong. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Listen, Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We all start with the same measure of faith. And yet, the Bible also talks about weak faith, little faith, great faith, no faith, and exceedingly growing faith. And that's where we all need to be is in a place where we are exceedingly growing in our faith. Hallelujah. Matthew says, just faith as the grain of a mustard seed. That's a tiny little old thing. That's all it really takes. The same faith. Did you have to have faith to get born again? The same faith that you got born again with is the same faith that will attain your healing. Same faith. Nothing any different about it. It's not, the, it's, it's not any different. It's the same. You heard the word about Jesus being the Savior, being the Son of God, that he came to this earth, he lived his life, he died on the cross, that he was crucified, that he was buried, that he was raised up again, that he ever lives to make intercession for you, that he wants to live in your heart. Do you receive him? Yes, did you get a signed certificate? Did anybody come to you and say, okay, let's put a little mark on you. You're now saved. No. You received that by faith. And you receive your healing the same way. You receive it by faith. You just, there's just a knowing on the inside. This belongs to me. It's mine. I have it. I have it. I have it. Hallelujah. And so many times we look around and we say, well, you know, it's a whole lot easier for me to believe God with somebody else than it is to believe for myself. No, it's not. Uh-uh. You know, you're copping out. The reason you think it's easier for you to believe God for somebody else is because it doesn't affect you. Now, that's the truth. If they, don't, if they don't get their healing, well, I'll miss them. But it really doesn't affect my life that much. Now, isn't that the truth? When you stop and you think about it. Okay. So nobody believes me. Okay. I know it's, I know it's the truth. It's because you just don't have a horse in that race. You know, that, that's it. Listen, it's easy for you to believe God for yourself. 
You need to say that over and over. It is easy for me to believe God. It is easy for me to see what God has for me. It is easy for me to trust God. It is easy for me to walk in the divine health and healing that he has provided for me. You need to say that out there all the time. Now, another reason people don't get healed is because they're out beyond their faith level. Listen, 1986, I've got a lump in my throat, uh, in, in my neck, and, and I don't know what it is. And I just hear from my mother that an old family friend <clears throat> has just been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. <clears throat> and so I'm already thinking, it's cancer, it's this, it's that, it's the other. You know, and so, you know, Pastor and I were like, when I showed it to him, he goes, oh, yeah, I hadn't even really noticed that. You know, he saw that, and, and he, you know, he said, well, we're just going to believe God for that thing to disappear and dissolve in the name of Jesus. Oh, you're right. And I said, okay. And after, you know, just a few weeks of that, he came to me one day and he said, I've been talking to the Lord, and he said, you're not in faith for that, are you? And he, I said, no. He said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get that thing out surgically. It's going to be benign, and you're going to live to be a ripe old age, and I'm working on that now. <laughs> and, and you know what? I could get, I could get 100% of that. I could get in there and believe 100% that we could do this, we could get it out, it was nothing, and we'd go on with life. You have to recognize where your faith is at. What can you believe God for 100%? You need to figure that out because if you don't, and you try to believe God out beyond your measure of faith, all it will do is disillusion you and will hinder you from being able to believe and trust God for the next thing. So you need to find out where you are. Okay, what is it? Can I believe God totally without this or without that, with all these other things? Or can, or can I believe God that I can go, go and use medicine? Medicine wasn't invented by the devil. He wasn't out, he's not out there trying to see how to heal mankind, even on a natural level. He's, that is just not what he's doing. But so, so what do I do, Lord? Do I, use, do I use some natural methods? Do I just believe you totally? Do I need a combination of the two? Find out. Believe God. For Know what you can believe him for. I, I went to somebody one time that was in the hospital, something serious, and, and they, were, they, were, they were shooting for the moon. And I, said, and I tried to explain to them. I said, listen, why don't you just believe God to get this particular area taken care of? And then we just take it in steps, you know, for your complete and healing, complete and total healing in this area, in this, in this whole thing, the whole big picture. And they got offended with me that I was implying that they didn't have any faith. Well, I knew that their faith wasn't to the level to believe God for a total healing of this problem, but they could have believed God for the steps to get there toward it. Wouldn't do it. They eventually died. You know, and it was just, it was, it was not necessary just not necessary. One of the ways you know that you can completely believe God, that you're at 100, this is the place where I'm at 100%, is that you're totally at rest. You're totally at rest, right, right there. I, I am sure I can, I can do this. I mean, that year that I went into surgery to take that lump out of my neck that did turn out to be benign, I went into, I mean, I'm there at the hospital and I'm doing, I think, some cross-stitch while I'm, you know, sitting on the gurney waiting for them to come get me for the surgery. And the nurse comes in, takes my blood pressure. She goes, wow, you're awfully calm. I went, yeah, I am. I'm totally calm, you know, because I knew where my faith was. I knew what I could believe God for. I, I didn't have a shadow of a doubt, totally at rest.
totally at rest. Hallelujah. And remember, okay, here's another one. People think that they have to have it now, just like we talked about earlier. Well, I believe God for my healing. Why hasn't it manifest? Listen, there are times when God will do an instant healing in your life. But most of the time, you and I will find that healing is progressive. That it comes as the core, over the course of time. When Jesus talked to the lepers, and he told the ten lepers to go on their way to go show themselves to the priest, they weren't healed. They still had leprosy when they walked away from him. But it says that they were healed as they went. Their manifestation came as they went. See, your healing will come as you walk it out. As you walk it out. Your faith doesn't grow because you get it like that. Your faith grows because you stand. In the face of circumstances, in the, sa- in the face of contradictions, you still stand going, no, it's mine. It's mine. It belongs to me. Hallelujah. It's just like natural medicine. When you, when you go to the doctor and they give you some medicine, a medication of some kind, they give you instructions about how to take it, how often to take it. And they tell you it's going to take some time for it to start working. That is the way the word works as well. You begin to take it on a daily basis. You need your daily healing bread. And you begin to take that, and as time progresses, those symptoms become less and less. You're walking in more and more health until one day you realize the problem is totally gone. Don't be concerned about how long it takes. You just trust God. You thank him every single day. It's done. It's done. And when the enemy tries to come back and put fear on you and tries to make you uh, anxious again, you go, no, 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 uh-uh. I know what I'm believing. I know what's in my heart. I know what God has said. And no matter what you say, I know what he has said. And you just keep on going from there. Um, be consistent. You can't expect to, to have a little bit of word time today. And three days from now, have a little bit of word time. And maybe the next day you get on it and get into it. No, you need to be consistent. Just like that prescription medicine. You don't just take it one day and skip three You're like an antibiotic. You need to take it. They say, finish the medicine. But people get to where they, well, I feel better. So they stop taking it. Well, then that problem comes back. Well, the word is the same way. You keep on going until it is totally done. But you know what? The best time to meditate on healing is when you're not sick. It's a whole lot easier to, to, to get into the word on healing when you're not sick. And honestly, it helps you avoid the times when the enemy tries to put sickness on you. So get in the Word. Stay in the Word. Don't let people distract you. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let the symptoms in your body distract you. You keep your eyes on what Jesus has said. You keep your eyes on what the Word has said. And, and just let it take, take root in your heart, and it will do what, it's, what he said it will do. Amen. Um, Make sure faith stays in your heart. We get to a place sometimes where we have mental assent to what the Word says. Mentally, we know what the Word says, we know what the Word says, we know what the Word says, but it's not in here. Listen, for the Word to work effectively, it has to be in the heart, not in the head. You can have faith in your heart and all kinds of junk swirling around in your thought life. 
But I tell you, when it's in your heart, doesn't matter what's up here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You have to be careful that we don't get over into the power of positive thinking. Positive thinking never got anybody healed. It's the power of the word that's in your heart that gets you healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Be prepared to do what it takes to keep your healing once you, once you have that healing manifest because the enemy is going to come back and he's going to try to steal it from you. He's going to try to tell you that this didn't work. Oh, you thought it worked, but no, it didn't. Listen, I think, um, I don't remember who it was. Was it Dad Hagen's meetings? They, they said that he had like a, I don't know, it was a big number percentage of people that got healed in his crusades that kept their healing because he made the word his focus. It wasn't based on gifts. You know, there's a lot of ministries who have a lot of healing gifts well, that gift of healing that comes through them can get you healed right then, but it's the word that will keep you healed. If you don't, people who just depend on the gifts of healings to get them healed will not keep it for very long. They will ultimately succumb to it again. It'll come back. But the people who are taught to get into, you got your healing, now get into the Word and see what the Word has to say. See what God has to say about healing. Those are the people who keep their healing. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, just remember to keep praising God. You know, so many times we, we forget how important it is to just thank Him on a regular basis, just to praise Him through it all. You know, and, and find songs you can sing. You know, when you're standing for a healing, when you're believe God, believing God for healing, find something that ministers to you and sing it and sing it and sing it and sing it and sing it. You know, there's a song, the word is working mightily in me. It goes on, it says, no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. What song ministers to you? What word-based song ministers to you. Do you hear me? Word-based. If it's not based in the Word, you don't have a basis to, to, to maintain that healing. You don't have, but I'm telling you what, when you sing what the Word sing, go make your own song up. Find yourself a scripture and just begin to sing it as the, as the Lord leads you. But praise God. I'm telling you what, the devil can't stop you. And he can't keep your healing. It belongs to you. And he's the thief. And you know who he is. You know how he works. And so you can stop him dead in his tracks. Amen. Because healing belongs to you and me. Get a hold of it. You say, well, I'm not sick. You're telling me you don't think the enemy's ever going to come try to put it on you? You better find out now what the word says so that you're ready when he does. Amen. Because the thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.